podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. And the Bosco's boys are back. We're in North Kansas City at Cinderblock Brewery, and we're finally kind of hosting a show in the brewery, which is something that we wanted to do a lot on our show, and it feels good to actually be in a brewery. Yeah, it's fun. This is, I believe, our second, no, third, third show actually live from a brewery. The first one was in Atlanta. Then we were at the Tallgrass Tap House. That Technically, it'd be fourth. We did the dad pod. Oh, dad pod, Bassett. yep. Wow. So, But now now we're here in Cinderblock and uh, coming to you live from North Kansas City. It's a very rainy kind of cool day. So we both went with the paver porter uh, because I think it just fits this weather. And, you know, for all the boneheads who have been listening, it fits what we always do. We're always taping when it's kind of rainy and yucky out there. Exactly. I I felt the weather and i the first thing i thought was i have to get a porter on the drive over here but i guess we can just kind of get right into it starting off with game by game predictions well and for the people who don't know what this episode is going to be about if you didn't get it from the episode title this is all predictions this is the extravaganza we're going to go game by game we're going to have our definitive big 12 standings we're going to do some over under some other predictions so it's going to be fun we will kick it off we're, we're starting off uh woo we almost had a spill almost here. had a spill but not quite that's so okay we, we will go game by game uh you know, hopefully we won't have to talk too much about two out of these three non-cons, but we'll chat a little bit about the games as we go through, and uh, we'll get it kick-started. Um, the South Dakota Coyotes. Do you want me to start this one off? Well, I mean, I'm hoping it's quite easy. I, I, I We're going to win, and hopefully by a lot. I think we're going to win, clearly. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a walk in the park with South Dakota. Um, I see more of our easy game. With the first three is going to be UTSA, but um, you know, after talking to one of our guests, Jay Elson, and he kind of made a good point about how tough that conference is with being, you know, the conference that North Dakota State is in, and there's always a ton of parity. So I think it's going to be a tough game, but it, obviously, I think we're going to win probably like like a thirty-four, like a thirty-four ten or a thirty-four seven or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it. I think I'm thinking along the same lines. Uh, they were a play FCS playoff team last year. They did lose a lot from that team. I agree. It probably will start off a little slow. I'm hoping we can stretch it out a little bit like last year's opener. Uh, but if 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 it's within a possession or too late, I think we're going to have a lot of problems. But uh, we'll move on from that because I, I think, pray that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, I pray that's not the case. <laughs> so the the marquee game maybe of the entire schedule is in week two. It's the Mississippi State Klanga Klanga cowbell bulldogs i'm i'm i have it as a loss i i'm not feeling confident in that game um people are talking about new coaching staff first road game under a new tutelage but people also aren't mentioning when they use that as an excuse we have new play callers so here is going to be the first time 
where hopefully the only, first time that the bullets are really going to be flying. I don't know what Andre Coleman's going to do. I don't know what Blake Seller's going to do. Um, so I can't really be convinced because of coach and experience. That's what's going to give us the win because at the end of the day, I think Mississippi State is more talented at almost every position group on the field except for maybe running back. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going back and forth on this one, but I think, unfortunately, I'm going to have to call it a loss as well. People that are, you know, hammering the fact that a first-year first coach, good point. We also have a bunch of first-year coaches that are going to be calling the plays, going to be running the show. And I think it's just going to – I think that game, both both sides, is going to be pretty ugly. And I think we have a chance to win, but if I was betting, putting money on it, I'd pick Mississippi State. Um, I just think it's going to come down to talent gap, and they have a ton of experience coming back. So I, I got I to start off at 1-1, one and one, and I don't think that's like – necessarily it's not i'm not going to be doomsday after that it's gonna it's gonna suck to it's gonna suck to take an l but hey we've we've gotten used to taking early l's so yep sadly that has been the case for the last couple seasons the next we might have it but not i don't know yet so okay. we'll hold off sorry we're, we're talking off mic here it's telling secrets but we'll get back to it yeah secret secrets are no fun secret secrets hurt someone grant <laughs> but but the boneheads will hear about it soon enough uh, the next one, UTSA, you mentioned it. I agree with you. I think this is actually going to be the easiest game on our schedule. Uh, yeah, probably on our schedule. Um, while I had a lot of fun talking to our buddies uh, from Alamo Audible, find their podcast, you know, hopefully they'll bring us on um, during game week because I had a lot of fun talking to them. But I, I think it's a big win. Um, you're going to be coming off Mississippi State. You're going to be licking your wounds. Uh, while, yes, you might be holding some stuff back for Big 12 play still, I think you have to send a message at this point because you cannot mess around after what I anticipate is going to be an L. Uh, yeah, I, I anticipate a pretty big, pretty big uneven, uneven win here. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping like we put up like 45. I'm, I'm hoping 45 to 7. I want to see us. We should be able to run up. all over. Them. I want to see Alex Barnes go for 250 in this game. I want to just run it down the throat. And hell, you might not even have to open up the playbook. I want to just run it down their throat. Let's run for 300 yards on the road runners, um, and just play like there is no tomorrow. Um, after that, we get into Big 12 play. We are going to what some folks have as high as the second best team in the Big 12, uh, but no one has them lower than fourth in the Big 12. That is the West Virginia Mountaineers. It's at uh, Mountaineer Field or whatever the hell they call their stadium. The beer will be flowing in Morgantown. Couches will be burning. (laughs) I have that as another loss. I I, I, I just don't see us finding a way to win that one on the road. It's the first road game of the year. I think they have a legitimate Heisman contender at quarterback. Uh, I just I just don't see it. And I also had PTSD from my trip there a couple of years <laughs> ago. That was one of the worst losses I've ever experienced live. That was tough to watch. I still think about that game. I still think about that season, those two games that season, West Virginia and Oklahoma State, that we completely blew. But oh, that's, another, that's another conversation we can have another time, or maybe we can just suppress it forever. Yes, but I I'm actually going to go opposite here. Ooh. I think we're going to go to West Virginia and we're going to win. And I've never been a believer in Dana Holgerson. I think their offensive coordinator is absolute trash. He is. He's and the worst offensive coordinator although, in the Big 12. Although Greer is – 
probably the best quarterback in the Big 12 and maybe top five in the country. I don't know. I just think we're going to get the plays done. We're going to be focused after starting 3-1, and one, and I don't know why, but I just have a feeling we're going to go in. And, and if we don't, I know it's going to be really close because every time we play them, it's it comes down to it. And Except for last year. It still came down to the mm. last technically possession. Okay. Not possession, but drive. Yeah, I well, I, I never really thought. And we that was as bad of a poor, as poorly managed game as you can. Yeah, you can it was muster. It was and, trash, but and we still had it. We still had a shot. Well, I like your predictions much better than mine so far. We're going to get into what I would consider, if you don't call Mississippi State the pendulum game, I think it is this one, Texas at home. What do you have in that game? Texas hasn't won there since when? I have another win. Wow. Since 2002, 2002. they haven't won them, since 2002. So, again, everyone who's been listening to my my rants on this podcast, I'm a believer. I think Texas is back. I do think Texas gets that win uh, in Manhattan for the first time since 2002. Um, I'm, I'm a little pessimistic as you guys are starting to pick up. This is one of the games that I had on, you know, <laughs> middle. Which way is it going to go? Which way is it going to go? Um, this one, and then uh, you know, spoiler spoiler alert, a little farther down the line, Oklahoma State and TCU. Those are the three games I kind of had, you know, a little bit tougher time predicting, and to fit with my narrative of picking us to go seven and five, something that I've been going with for a while. I had this going as an L. I'm going a little crazy on my predictions. So. I love it. I love it. We we have a nice little yin and yang. We'll be able to you know, bump these predictions back at the end of the season. It's going to be fun. Uh, then we're getting into Baylor. Let's not even give them the time of day. We're going to Might win. have to bleep that out. Yeah. Beep. That's a win. Yeah, it's a win. Uh, you know, let's I, – I never want to lose those bastards ever again, um, and I don't think they will. I'm actually a massive Matt Rule fan. I'm hoping he ends up taking another job because I can't stand to see someone – who I think is that good at coaching, that good at recruiting, and all you know evidence points to him being a good person. I can't, I can't stand him at Baylor, but we are going to beat them. I yeah, I actually think this is pretty scary. This is a pretty scary trap game sandwiched yes. between Texas and Oklahoma State. I yeah. think we're going to win, but I think it's going to be really tough. It, yeah, one hundred percent could be a trap game, and especially you know if, if the predictions are going your way, where you say we're starting off two and zero in the Big Twelve, and you're looking down the barrel of you know the next couple games, you might have a little bit of a look ahead uh you know bite you so i'm i'm hoping they don't uh i would hope that we would never look past baylor ever again after 2012 i would hope that every k-state player for the rest of history wants to just stomp them after that so uh i i hope we won't look past it but we'll see and as we mentioned oklahoma state that's a home game versus the cowboys i was at baylor is that right? Yeah, at Baylor, and now it's Oklahoma State at home. It's the Pokes. What do you have? I have a win here. Um, they never should have beat us in Manhattan two years ago. They're not going to beat us this year. Um, I think it's it's not necessarily like a rebuilding year for Oklahoma State. It is somewhat. They have to replace you know massive names, especially a quarterback. Well, they obviously, to, they have to replace everything except for running running back. back. I guess it is. Positions. I guess it is a rebuilding year then. But you know, at this point in in Gundy's tenure, I don't think it's going to be that massive of a drop-off. I think he's experienced enough for it not to look like a super big rebuilding year. But 
I don't think they win in Manhattan. I just don't. No, and I get back on the winning the winning ways. I have us beating them. Uh, everything you said, they have to re- they have to replace so much production. They have to come on the road. Their defense has never really been that great. I think we're going to be able to you know pull it out. And the fact of the matter, we should have ran them out of the building last year until the calamity of you know the thir- late third quarter, fourth quarter. That should have been a runaway win. And we're returning so much, and they yeah. lost so much. Um, I think we're going to make it, you know, two straight versus the Cowboys. and It's going to be scary, going. as it always is against Oklahoma State. It's yep. going to be fun. It's going to be scary, but I'm hoping not. I, I think I, it's a win. I want, I'm, I'm actually going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say not only we're going to win, but it's going to be by 10 or more points, and it's not that scary. So for the first time in a long time, it's a relatively comfortable win against Oklahoma State. Uh, the next week, bye week, always a tough opponent, uh, you know, most years I like to just sit down in front of the couch, and that's like the one weekend where I can watch literally whatever I want. But sadly, there's an event going on in Topeka, Kansas that uh-huh. Saturday uh, that I am required to be at. It's a uh, wedding for bonehead brother Alan. Uh, it'll be fun. You'll be there. Any predictions for the wedding? I say they go through with it. I think they're going to get married. And I think the DJ will underperform. I was actually at... The Brownstone this weekend for another wedding, which is where the wedding is going to be. So, really nice, good-looking place. Might be a little cramped, but you know what? It's going to be fun because everyone's basically going to be like best friends there. So, it's going to get we're going to get loose. I'm going to say the DJ is going to suck, and I'm probably going to heckle him at some point. I was doing some DJ heckling. It was not very good, but just stop playing the stereotypical songs. And you know what? Be quick on the trigger. You don't have to play the entire song if. Everyone's obviously not feeling it, but we'll move on to it. Uh, the, <laughs> the next one, it is at Norman, the favorites to win the league. Are we going to win there? I have a loss. I mean, that's going to be tough. Even though, gosh, we've seemed to we've find won, some recent success. We've won two of the last in three Norman. in Norman. They got a new quarterback. We'll, it's, it could be a win. I don't foresee that happening, but... I have that. Actually, looking at this now, that's K-State's, for me, first loss in the conference. So we started off 4-0, and now we're 4-1. But I I have that as a loss. I just don't see us being able to score outscore Oklahoma. Yeah, I think Oklahoma is going to be putting up a ton of points. The recipe for success in that game, if we are going to win, is going to be turning them over, ball control, and just slowing the game down and winning something like a 24 to 20 game. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't see it. They're the best in the league, and they're almost getting to the point where it's KU basketball s that until you see someone take them out, you just have to pick them to win. Um, next, and it's another road game, and it's at TCU, Texas Christian University, big old Gare Bear. Are we going to pull one over on Gary Patterson? I have a second straight loss. I think these are this is the toughest point in our schedule, back-to-back, OU, TCU. I actually was rest. I literally just changed it to a loss because I, I was like, I can't have a start in 5-1 and one in the conference. That's just absurd. But you, but you could. But You and could. I, you know, I'm really not. Gosh, we could beat TCU. We You've totally been saying could. you're not high on TCU. I'm not high on TCU, and especially they just lost probably their best defensive player, D-tackle. It's possible, but I'm... I'm I'm probably I'm gonna pick a loss there. So I got a six and three, four and two right now. I always had us as a loss at TCU. I think Gary Patterson is the best head coach 
in the league. I think they have the best offensive coordinator in the league. And uh, while they they have to replace some guys as well, I just I, I'm I'm a massive fan of TCU. I think they're going to end up. Well, no, I'm not going to say where I think they end up because we do have that coming up a little bit later. But I'm I'm big on TCU. I'm big on Gary Patterson. Um, I would love to see because they've been prone to a rebuild. I'd love to see them, you know, fall flat on their face and go four and eight or something yeah. like that. That that would give us another win. I don't see it. Uh, but speaking of falling flat on their face, the following weekend, it's the battle for the Silver Cottonwood Tree. It's the Dillon's Sunflower Showdown versus KU. And I'm going to shock everyone right here. And No, I'm kidding. We're going to win. We're going to win big. This is our second easiest game besides UTSA. Besides Iowa State. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think this is the year that we get back on track and maybe 60 ball them. We've been we've gotten far too easy on the Hawks in the last two years. We've looked poor. We looked really poor last year. Last year squeaked was, away with a ten point win. Yeah, well, and it was it, it was, was close. Dicey. That was yeah, that was bad. I, we need to get back to that just domination. I want to like you said, put up sixty. I want sixty three to maybe three. not sixty, but I think no, we fifty ball sixty. Them. I do think we I think we put at least fifty on them this year. You know, get back to like a fifty two to seven. Yes, I'm all for it. It needs three. to happen. They've gotten too much. Not really. Maybe your brother's gotten a little too much confidence, thinking thinking we're going to lose this year. But, no, we need to destroy them this year. It's in Manhattan, too, so it's all signs are pointing to a pretty big victory there. Yes, I agree. The next one is the matchup with Texas Tech. Will Cliff still be there? I don't know. I have that as a win also. Um, I'm just – I'm not a believer in Texas Tech. I know our Texas Tech representative, he was feeling a little bit higher on them. I'm not. I think that this actually might be the nail in Cliff's coffin is losing to us. And, uh, you know, I hope, I, hope it's, I hope it's not, you know, super close. Uh, you're getting ready, about to go into Thanksgiving week, so I'd love to kick that off feeling festive with a big win. Um, I, just, I just don't see us losing that one. I don't think we're going to lose there either. I have it as a win. I think Cliff is one of the biggest bums in the conference, and – you know, according to the KSO guys, sounded like kind of a weirdo from media day. So yeah, he I don't might know about a, this Cliff he, guy. He might be a little weird, but I still think he's hot. He is uh, hot, especially when he has those Ray Bans on. Yeah, I mean, it's, he, it's a good look. I mean, if he eventually gets fired, it will suck because the most attractive coach will be leaving. Lincoln Riley's going to have to get a better haircut or something. I think he'll still be there for this game. I don't think they'll fire him no, mid-season I, or anything. No, I think that's the nail in the coffin. I'd say we beat him and he oh, okay. gets fired after that. And, again, we're kind of getting ahead on some of our predictions, but that's all right. Um, the final one, it is the battle for the pecan pie, Farmageddon. It's up in the flood zone, Ames, Iowa. I have us winning, and I have us winning by, you know, 50. <laughs> I think that we have let those weirdos stay way too God, close how for amazing way too that long. Be? It's time that we just – Snap, snap it off in them and just dominate. I'm tired of these close wins. Granted, it's probably going to end up being a close win. They're going to cry about the referees. They're going to make excuses like the Charlie <laughs> Brown weirdos that they are uh, because that's just, that's just how Farmageddon goes. I got the scene stat. K-State's 8-3, K-State's 7-2. and, three, seven and two. They got one obstacle in front of them to get to the Big 12 title against unknown team who I will say later. They're wearing all black. Yeah, they It's will. a blackout. Whew. It's a night game in Ames. K-State's ranked 11th. Whoa, that's, 
or nine and three. I don't know. No, we'd probably be be like eight and three. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess you gave away my prediction. (laughs) We're gonna win. We're gonna beat Iowa State, even with the karma gods doing everything to get us to win with all the shit we've given them over the last like what year really since really since. Well, it's not even a year. Let's be real. This has been going on. It's been going on for a while, but I feel like it's really been magnified since the Zuber game. Oh, yeah. And it's been so good. Keep it up. Keep destroying them on Twitter. It's very funny, at least to me. Well, and, and here's the thing. Not not to make this a bash Iowa State podcast, even though that would be a lot of fun. They just they they just don't learn from their their mistakes. They really ask they, for it. They ask for it. They literally they they just go on and on and on. They create a damn petition to the FBI to investigate <laughs> Big Twelve referees. They are the worst. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna beat them. We're never gonna lose to them again. We're gonna end up having a hundred year win streak over Iowa State. I think we win. Yes, I really do. So that leads you. Your final record is nine three. I'm sitting at seven and five. This is something I've been sitting at for a while. You know the big game differences. You have us beating West Virginia and UT, where I have us losing. And yeah, that's that's the difference right there. So yeah. We'll see. Happens on early. Let's get to some Big 12 predictions. These are for non-K-State schools. We touched on a couple of these. Do you think Texas will officially be back? Yes. Yeah, so do I. If Texas is back, baby, I think they're going to end up being a 10-win team when it's all said and done after their bowl game. Does Cliff Kingsbury survive the season? No, I think he gets binned Yeah, I have him pretty hard. fired right after we beat them. Uh if slash or when slash if does David Beatty get fired? I haven't fired at game five. I think they go start two and two, and they're like he gets binned after game five. I I have them getting fired after they lose <laughs> to Texas Tech on October twentieth. Sorry, Alan. Happy wedding day. David Beatty gets fired. Who is your? I'm sure fish? he'd love that. Oh, eh, I don't know. He's a Beatty guy. Uh, so here's the next question, and you tipped your tipped your hand. Who is playing in Arlington? K State, Texas Longhorns. Whoa! Wow. So I have. We haven't heard that one yet. No, I have not. I have OU West Virginia. So who do you have winning the Big Twelve? I don't know. <laughs> I think Texas is going to win the Big 12. Wow, so we have Texas winning the Big 12. I have OU winning the Big 12, and I'm the, I was the Texas's back guy. You were saying Texas isn't back for the longest time, but now you're, I'm even, feeling them. you're even bigger. So give you me, know who I'm really just not feeling is Kyler Murray, and I don't know why. I just don't know why, I just, but I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he's going to be the difference. All right, so give me wh- where the standings end up playing out. Damn. Top to bottom? Top to bottom. Shit. Okay. So we got Texas. Go if you need me to. Texas, K State, OU, West Virginia, TCU. And there's a pretty big log jam in here. Some of these might have guys might have the same record. Iowa State, um, Oklahoma State. Uh, let's see, how many is that? Two, four, six, seven. So I got three more teams. Yep. Yeah. We've got obviously KU is going to take last. So uh, I'll say Tech is next. Who am I missing? Baylor and KU. So top to bottom, I have Texas, K State, OU, West Virginia, TCU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Baylor, and KU. So I have OU winning it all. 
I have them beating West Virginia. West Virginia only goes to Arlington over a tiebreaker with UT. Then I have TCU fourth, Oklahoma State and K-State being tied in a logjam right there. Then I have Iowa State at seventh, Baylor at eighth, Texas Tech nine, KU at ten. So those are my final definitive predictions. And then the last one on the docket for Big 12 predictions, how many Big 12 teams go bowling this year? I think seven. I'm going all but Tech, Baylor, KU. See, I'm going eight. I'm, I'm saying Baylor ends up bowling because I think they end up beating Duke and then there are two rummies on their non-con. Then they pick off KU Tech and then Iowa State probably. That's pretty fair. I mean, Matt Rule is legit. He needs to get out of Waco yeah. as soon as he can because he's, he's too legit for the he's Bears. Also, but he's also recruiting quite well. Yeah, he is. He is. Eight's probably fair. I mean, what did we have last year? Didn't we have? Like seven. Yeah. 70% of the conferences. Ooh, I want to say it was more. Well, KU and KU know. didn't go. Tech ended up going. Was it eight? It might have been eight. Yeah. Bonehead's pretty impressive. In, was it seven or eight last year? That's pretty pretty impressive. Yes, it is. So that's all for our Big 12 predictions. Do you need another beer? Do you want to keep going? I need another beer. Um, we're about 25 minutes in. We can take a break Perfect. and come we'll back. Take, take a break and we'll talk all cats on our way back. All right. We'll be back. All right. And we're back. We're moving on into segment two. What do you got? So this is getting into predictions for uh, segment two. Part of these are, uh, you know, bonehead submitted predictions. So uh, we'll get be able to get back to the ask the bonehead part of our uh, podcast. But before we get to I'm those, excited about that. Yeah, the boneheads always have great questions. Hopefully, we'll be able to incorporate some of them during the season. Smartest as well. fan base on planet Earth. Yeah, it's number one. It is the boneheads, and then, except for their draft voting was a little no. I think off, it was perfect. But, you know, you know. Honestly, it probably should have been more the other way, but. Uh, but we'll get. We we'll can get move going. on. Uh, so, who do you have being our offensive MVP? This is tough, but I think I'm just going to take a safe one and go with Alex Barnes. I think he's going to get a ton of carries this year. I have him over a thousand yards, and I think most of our offense is going to go through Alex Barnes. I see a pretty pretty damn good year from Alex, and I'm just taking the easy route. Easy route here. I'm going with Mr. Barnes. Yes, that is the easy route. That's also mine as well. Um, <laughs> As my predictions start playing out, I think everyone will be able to pick up who I might think might be number two. Uh, but I won't spoil that because I basically spoiled all the bonus questions during the Big 12 and uh, <laughs> predictions, so I won't do that. But I agree with you. I think Alex Barnes is going to be you know, the guy. As long as he can stay healthy, I imagine him going you know, big in almost every game. Yeah. And uh, it's something that I've been waiting for since – you know, his freshman year when he had that just amazing yards per carry stat. So I'm hoping we finally get to see what he can do being the guy. And his success is going to be super contingent on, you know, probably our most valuable unit, the offensive line. So if, yes. if those guys stay healthy, I think Barnes has a yes, phenomenal if year. If those guys can stay healthy and they click and live up to their potential, I think they might be able to truly just – push their will on most defensive lines. Uh, that That's honestly, that makes me so mad that Mississippi State is such a great returning defensive line because, man. It's going to be a battle. That is going to be a battle, and it'll, it'll be fun. So that's offensive MVP, and I think that's quite obvious. Let's go to a spot where it 
probably shouldn't be as obvious. Who do you have being the MVP on the defense? I kind of wrestled with this one because I wanted to pick up a few other guys, but I'm going to have to go with the quarterback of the defense, Kendall Adams. I think he's got the big playmaking potential, but also without him back there, you can see there's such a stark drop-off and, you know, getting up to the line, blowing up plays, and he's got the, that playmaking ability for in the passing game too. Smart guy. Him, him coupled with um, who's the other dude? Denzel Goolsby. Goolsby. Goolsby's very smart which as is well, which is a great lead-in because I don't know if you knew this. I actually have Denzel Goolsby being the defensive MVP. I'm big on this guy. He started as a sophomore, and he might be the quarterback of the defense yeah. at this point. And and he played as a freshman. This is his third year of consistent playing time. I love this kid. Not quite as tall. He probably, you know, I think Kendall Adams, he might have an NFL future because, you know, he's he's 6'1". He's a little bit bigger than Goolsby. But, man, I love the way he plays. He's smart. And just think back to, you know, some of the plays he made, like that Oklahoma game where he just went up and took the ball away and scored an interception in the end zone. Uh, I just I, I just love the way that kid plays. I'd love to see him, you know, lay a little bit more wood. I think he's going to pick off some more passes this year. I think he is going to be the guy and now going to a spot where we don't have a guy. Special teams. Do you have any special teams MVP predictions? My special teams MVP was almost my defensive MVP, and it's Duke Shelley. I think Duke is going to step in to a returning role, and I think he's going to just catch fire. I think this is going to be the year of Duke. He's going to finally, his senior season, he's going to step in the spotlight and he's going to embrace it. I had him marked down too. Uh, there's a lot of talk coming out of camp that it sounds like Zuber might be the other guy, but I agree with you. I, I, I like Duke Shell in that role. Uh, and Duke's got of, that Georgia swagger to yes, him that he's yes. going to he's going to embrace that return role really well, I think. Well, and Zuber has a little bit of swag in him as well. I think anyone you put back there this year is going to be the MVP, sadly, because I have – no confidence in the kicking game. Yeah, I know. Um, which is very sad, but we'll keep moving on. We've asked this question no less than 20 times. <laughs> I still don't have a great answer for it either. But who is going to take the first snap? Okay, I have a great answer for that. It's going to be Alex Delton. Yes, all reports. That one's easy. It, all reports make it sound like Alex Delton is going to be the guy snap one, game one. I think we both can agree with that. But let's go to the next one. This has always been the more intriguing one. Who's going to take more snaps? I think it's. I think I just have to stay with Delton. I don't know if he stays healthy. A lot of a lot of that is contingent on his health. Which you know, fingers crossed, he doesn't get hurt this year. Um, but I don't. I do think that the job. And I'm I'm a Skyler guy, but I think. The job at this point is Delton's to lose, and I don't think that they're going to take it away from him if, he, if he's playing poorly. You know, it might be an instance of, like, uh, he has a, a really bad first quarter. They put in Skyler in for the rest of the game. Skyler plays well, but I still think it's, Skyler, it's still going to be Delton's to lose the next game. Kind of like we've had in the past before, you know. We've seen Michael Bishop get yanked. We've seen Jonathan Beasley get yanked. But I still think it's going to be Delton's to lose. Yeah, I, I've gone... 180 on this and it pains me because i think and i think we're the, both skyler guys yes, yeah i love skyler i love delton too yes, but all that being said i love delton but i am a massive skyler guy i think it is a mistake if this plays out the way we're thinking but i agree with you i think that when it's all said and done bill snyder has made it quite evident that he is going to play 
the more experienced guy, the guy who honestly probably leans more on the quarterback run game, although we saw Skyler can run because he torched Oklahoma State you know, for close to 100 yards in that game on the ground. Uh, it's frustrating. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't cause Skyler to transfer. That's but, my you know, big and, fear. In today's day and age, you know, the rumors are he might be able to graduate after this uh, year. Uh, and he would have two years of eligibility. Ugh. I'm I'm very worried about it, but that's where my heart and mind – or not my heart, that's where my mind's at. Uh, and all that being said, if Delton really took a big step forward with his arm, he has game-breaking speed. So I mean, Delton's a baller. We've seen him – he is a baller. Tear some some dudes up. I mean, and bowl game MVP. We'll I don't see. know how good UCLA's D was. It was not, not very good, but still, he took over and yeah. he just imposed his will. We saw what he did against Oklahoma, and I think that he could have done that in the second half as well if the game plan would have been better. If we wouldn't have stopped, we forced Delton to basically take every every care, and we stopped giving it to Barnes, well, so they keyed on him. Well, every not, time. not only that, but I, I'll, I've said this a handful of times. The play calling with Skyler in there did him no help at all because he can run. All they did was drop back pass, drop back pass, drop back pass. They weren't handing it off to Alex. They weren't letting him run. That was horrible game playing, but, you know, it is what it is. It's in the past. We both are feeling that it's going to end up being Delton this season despite, I think, up until this point, I think we both said maybe Delton would take the first snap, but we've both been saying Skyler's going to get. No, I I always thought. It was going to be Skyler yeah, but in the I, long run, and it still might heard, be. But everything we've heard leads me to believe that it's going yeah. to be dealt, and it is what it is. Here's the next question, um, and it's still about the quarterbacks. Will a third quarterback play a meaningful snap this year? Last year, we saw three quarterbacks start games, let alone meaningful snaps, and then Hunter Hall had to line up at wide receiver while we played the Wildcat to run it out versus Oklahoma State. So I wouldn't call that a fourth quarterback, but, you know. I forgot about that. That was scary. Are we going to play three quarterbacks for meaningful snaps this year? I hope not. If so, it means we've suffered some major injuries. I don't think so, but it's possible. The way, gosh, the way like our season has gone I mean, the last two years, the, then yeah, probably. I was just about to say, you know, what was it? Was it, you know, uh, 15. Jake 15. Waters last year was the last time we didn't play three? Yeah, that's right. Jake was healthy the entire season for the most part, yeah. So, I... I mean, 2015 was a nightmare. We had played every... We played it. We almost put in Bill at quarterback. I mean, we just were... Desperate this past year, yeah. I don't know. It's possible. I hope not because that means bad things, but I'm going to say no. We're going to have some luck this year. We're not going to get hurt. I'm saying no, and I agree with you. I'm saying that we're going to buck the trend. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be less quarterback runs. I don't know if it's just going to be luck, but I'm saying that no major injuries to the quarterback, and Alex Dalton's going to stay relatively healthy all season, so will Skyler. Uh, so that's all for the predictions I pre- wrote down we do have questions from boneheads they all use the hashtag ask bosco the first one's from probably the off-season twitter mvp the k-state fan shout out to him he ran the fun brackets of top players at every position favorite all-time player did all these fun highlights so he wins the golden bone for the twitter mvp of the off-season but he asked (laughs) <laughs> Which player takes the biggest step forward this year 
and what young player will be a star before his college career is done? If you need me to go ahead because I wrote these down, let me know unless you're ready. I'm prepared. You can start, though, since I've answered every question first. I'll start first. On offense, I'm saying Isaiah Harris takes a massive step forward. This guy has the speed, and I think he can run decent enough routes and. He was he showed flashes before he I guess got hurt last season. Um, I think there's even talk that he's going to be granted granted a medical waiver for last season, so he doesn't lose a year of eligibility. But he looks so good in that game versus Central Arkansas. Uh, I would love to see that. You know, he fits the bill of a speedy uh, short guy, so I'd love to see that. And then a guy who I think will be a star when it's all said and done. He may not even start a game this year, but I think it's going to end up being Josh Revis. We have heard a ton of stuff about him in camp that he's been pushing two veteran guards for possible playing time this year, and Bill Snyder mentioned him by name in a press conference. You don't hear that about freshmen too often. I think he will end up being, when it's all said and done, a two-time All-Big 12 performer and eventual draft pick. Defense... I already said it. Denzel Goolsby is going to make a massive step forward. He's going to end up being the MVP of this defense, and he's going to be an all-conference performer this year as well. The young guy I, I put down, he's a true freshman, Daniel Green. While he had to sit out last year trying to get eligible, he has four years of eligibility. He might be a four-year contributor, especially now that it sounds like we're having some depth issues at linebacker. I have him pegged, and I think he might actually do a little bit of special teams action this year and really start to lay the wood. When it's all said and done, I'm thinking 10 years down the line, we might all be talking about Daniel Green. Well, you hit the nice obscure guys, so I appreciate that. I'll I'll sw- swing the, the pendulum back to the layups. Yeah. So offensively, I am expecting a big year from Mr. Dalvin Warmack. Obviously, the coaches see something in him that I think we all see too. And you know, last year I was super disappointed with the lack of playing time he got on the field, as with you know. A lot of our running backs, but that's an, another discussion. But I think I think you know they clearly said something to convince Dalvin to come back. That he, I think he's going to be a serious weapon this year. Um, they're going to use him to try to get him in the open field. He's got the speed. He's got the elusiveness. And I think Dalvin Warmack is going to take a major step up this year. I know it's his senior year, but he's going to be contributing more than he has in the past. I sure hope so. I'm really looking forward to seeing him get the ball a lot more. We need. We're going to need him on offense. I think. Whether he's lining up as a wide receiver or what, if we're going to pass him out of the backfield, do what you got to do to get him in the open field because he's got the moves, he's got the speed. I'm a little worried. Uh, we won't give away any premium information. We won't give away any sort of medical information. But there are a lot of rumors surrounding that running back position. The one thing that worries me is now it looks like our depth isn't quite as deep at that traditional running back thing. I'm a little worried that might stop them from using him in the slot as a scat back and finding more creative ways because he might have to play more of that traditional running back role. But, you know, that's just where my head's at. Hopefully that doesn't turn out to be true. Defensively, I'm going with Duke Shelley. I expect Duke Duke. to have... I expect Duke to have a career year this senior season. He's been kind of the, you know, with DJ Reed, he was kind of like the second-hand guy. People forget he played as a true freshman. He's been playing 
yeah, he started as a true freshman. But when when did he start? About mid few yeah. games in, he had to start. He had to start. He was forced to start. Yeah, and, and, and he, he played that well. That was his best year. Yeah, it was. And he's he's not necessarily struggled, but he hasn't fulfilled really his potential in the last two seasons. I thought last year he was pretty solid, um, and even towards the end of the year, he might have been even better. Might have been our best corner towards the end of the year. So I think Duke is gonna his confidence, and he's he what he's one of the co captains. I could be wrong, yeah, but no, I, I believe he is a co-captain. He's fulfilling he, that leadership role. Yeah, and I think he's going to be one of the vocal guys on that defense as well. I do, and especially, you know, I think him getting into the special teams, which I foresee. I don't know if that's official yet, but that's going to give him some extra confidence too. But I, I th- I'm, I'm seeing like some picks going. I'm seeing some pick sixes coming from Duke this oh, year. Oh, I cannot wait for a pick six. My young player. I got the layups again, but I still consider Mike McCoy a young player, obviously. Um, but I've been going back back and forth between McCoy and uh, Chabaston Taylor. I think it's more likely that McCoy is a bigger player for K-State when it's all said and done. Um, we almost have no real evidence uh, to back either player to make a real argument. But, you know, we've seen McCoy in a real game. We've seen him. And, and being at running back, I think it gives him more of a chance to break in and establish himself more than Taylor. But you could make a case that uh, you could make a case for Taylor with our wide receiver core being so thin that he has a chance to establish himself as a freshman more than McCoy and um, you know spots are spots are up for grabs now so maybe maybe Sebastian Taylor is going to be that guy who establishes himself as the next K-State great wide receiver he sure looks the part so yeah he's got the parts for sure he's massive yep the next one comes from you know, one of our best boneheads at Big House underscore Greg. He just kicked off a subreddit called Wabash Cannonball that is dedicated 100% to K-State athletics. There wasn't a subreddit that was just K-State sports all the time. Uh, if you're a Reddit type person, I'm not. But, you know, if you are, be sure to check it out. Tell Greg we sent you. But he had a question. He said, when it is all said and done, who will go down as the better coordinator, Coach Coleman or Coach Demel? Do you want me to start this one? I mean, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, you, you go I ahead. Think this I'm is, hoping you don't have the same <laughs> answer. I think this is actually a much tougher question than one would think. Uh, um, you are going the We've same both way. made it pretty clear that we don't like Dana Demel. I'm going to speak for you here. At least I can say that. We, you know, we've heard things about him. But we can't say we know him personally. So aside from him, him as a man, um, or, or lack thereof, right? I think there was a lot to dislike about him as a coordinator. I think he was too predictable. He was really stubborn. He was too old-fashioned. But that being said, you know he was very experienced. He gives, he's given the program a lot, and you know he was here from 90, 89 to ninety six, I want to say, and then came back two thousand nine to two thousand seventeen. So he contributed in a pretty big way to our our success, and you know, I'd like to think that the new young core of coaches are going to come in with new ideas and take us to the next level. You know, they're certainly saying all the right things. They've got the right energy. The players are taking to them very well. But you know, they have a massive new level of responsibility that remains a big unknown. So, you know, I guess it's kind of a roundabout way of me saying that I don't know. But you know, I sure hope that Andre Coleman finds more success than Dana Dimmel did. At the very least, I think he has the right mentality and the work ethic to achieve that. But at this point, you know, there's no real evidence until we start playing some games and seeing how they're calling. And you got to, as much as I don't like Dana Dimmel, you got to give him some props. 
Yep. So I was hoping that you would just go, you know, all in on Dana Dimmel hate. I agree. I can. I, no, I, I mean, <laughs> you, everything you said is correct. If you look back at the years he was the OC, because he worked his way up, he was the offensive coordinator for the 95, 96 seasons, then 11, 12, 13, and 14. If you go back and look at the offensive production, if you go back and look at the type of numbers we were able to put up in those in those seasons, it's insane. I, I legitimately do not believe that as long as Bill Snyder is the head coach, Andre Coleman can even begin to achieve what Dimmel was able to as offensive coordinator because the fact of the matter is they're not going to get the type of guys that we had in those seasons because we just don't do it anymore. We just don't do it anymore. We don't have the talent for them to go out and play those types of offense. We're not putting up those type of – even if everything went correctly with the way we started playing towards the end of demo season, everything Bill wants to say, you're not going to see those numbers. And quite frankly, I don't see us getting back to those heights that we did while demo was the OC the first time and in 2.0. Uh, would I like to see it? Yes. Is Andre Coleman saying all the right things? You betcha. Is he a decent and good human being? Yeah. And Demo probably wasn't. But, you know, that, <laughs> that is the way it is. So, sadly, I'm leaning towards when it's all said and done, Demo objectively will be the better offensive coordinator. I mean, at this point, there's really no other answer. But, you know, I guess we'll let it play out and we'll see. Yeah, would love to be wrong. I, I think would... Coleman and the staff, I think the staff we have now has – potential to have a much higher ceiling yes it does i just want bill to allow them to get to that new ceiling and maybe he will maybe he will uh we'll, we'll see we'll move on to the next one again from at big house underscore greg excluding at ksu fan who would you go to for sports betting advice for this football season i would ask scott <laughs> yeah, I I do I do like to play the ponies a little bit when it comes to college football. I will give shout out to my guy Matt Mainen at MM or at M Mainen three. He's been known to find a good line out there, and he he he's gotten some winners. And then Chuck James nine one nine on Twitter. He, he he, I think he's even more of a degenerate than me, and I think he does pretty well for himself. So that's who I have. I mean, I already said it. I'd go to Scott because I don't know. I don't bet. But if I did, I'd probably ask Scott. <laughs> well, I hope I will uh, steer you correctly. The next question we have comes from a new bonehead. I don't know how he missed the debut of it, but he actually tweeted me. He went back and listened to almost all the episodes we've ever done. At C underscore NRAD. I think his name's Conrad. But he <laughs> said, exact quote. So I'm not editor- editorializing. This is his quote. Who is your favorite for Big 12 Coach of the Year, and why isn't it David Beatty? Well, if we have the record that I predicted, I am guessing it's going to be Bill Snyder. You know, that would I, I would take that, but I have I have Tom Herman down. But if it. it's but also I mean I guess it would kind of if it's how I predicted it, I would think that the media would lean more towards K State because they don't have the talent. But Tom Herman, that would be a nice turnaround, being yeah. in a second year winning the conference. So it would probably be Tom Herman. Well, I have Texas winning 10 games. I think that uh, for better or worse, I think any time that you can give an award to a Texas person, 
you know, all all the K-State fans will be clamoring, saying, oh, Texas, oh, Texas. The fact of the matter is Texas is one of the biggest brands in college football, so if they can have that type of season, it will be Tom Herman. Uh, and then we, we will wrap – no, we will not wrap it up. I apologize. Who will be the leading <laughs> tackler on defense? Gosh, it's got to be one of our safeties, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it's. I have Denzel Goolsby. I, I have. Goul- I, I'm. I'm. It's either Goolsby or Kendall Adams. I don't know. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go Kendall, and you go and go yeah, Denzel. Yeah, and I'll, I'll keep riding. All right. I'll, I'll keep riding with Goolsby. Uh, one of the, another great bonehead. E underscore S four KSU. Last year was hashtag Fire Demo uh, as the main complaint from K State fans. What will be the one thing driving fans crazy this year? His prediction: special team woes. <laughs> what say you? I think that's a pretty fair prediction. I think special, te- special teams was is a good shout, but I think the main one is probably going to be quarterback battle debate. I think that's going to go on through the entire season with the fans. Uh, I think there's a pretty black and white Skyler versus Delton guys. There is a big gray area, but also I think that people will think people tend to think that you know the backup quarterback is that is, or whoever the quarterback that isn't playing is the answer to the problems. When you know, typically it's more complex than that. But typically, well, people here, like to think like if Skyler's thing. not playing, it's if we played Skyler, Skyler we'd be winning. But here's the thing: that is true because if we would have played Colin over Carson Kaufman, would have been the answer. If we would have played Daniel Sams over Jake Waters, that would have been the answer. You don't so know that. I 100. percent But know I'm that. but I'm Hashtag willing to put. I'm willing to willing to pedal that. Uh, so I agree with you on both of those. But I think when it's all said and done, and I hope I'm wrong but I think everyone's going to be pissed off because the defense looks the exact same. Uh, I think we might see some different wrinkles from the offense when it's all said and done. And I think Siler is going to be a great defensive coordinator, but look at who he, who, who's been around since he got into the coaching game. He only knows one style. Yeah. He can say, well, and here's the thing. He didn't even say anything different at media days. He just kind of brushed off the question. I think it is going to look almost the exact same as last year. It's going to be bend but don't break. It's going to be give up some yards, try to stop him in the red zone. I just don't see that changing. One thing that I think he will do, well, he said one thing, and I don't have the exact quote, but he said he wants to be smarter on third down, which I think he said at some point he wanted to be just like smarter collectively. We want to be smarter on third down, which to me means let's uh, actually disguise a blitz. Let's not give an eight-yard cushion when it's third and five. So, hey, if we can see that, then that's a step in the right dire- step in the right direction, I guess. But you're probably not wrong that it's going to be very similar to what it's been in years past. Speaking of being similar to years past, Nelio one another new bonehead. He asks, "Do you see us using the running back around the goal, goal line as saying we mainly either use Winston or a QB sneak a year ago? It's not just a year ago, but the year before that and the year before that." So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's just going to be a combination of things. Um, most mostly quarterback run and running backs, maybe some pass in there, and you know we're going to have a good fullback again yep luke sawa so we might use him occasionally but i think it's mostly mostly going to be a combination of things i don't know i think it's going to be quarterback sneak again i think 
you know, they're going to line up rugby scrum formation and then, you know, college football Twitter's going to have a laugh and, like, you know, do the screenshot of the aerial view of the formation. And I think that's what it's going to be. I'm all for it. All that being said, I would like to see us return to an old classic down on the goal line, the short side quick option. Under center, just go short side. We did that. We did. Uh, didn't we do that at Oklahoma State in 2015 when we went yeah, to that game together? We used to do it all the time. And, and we like lost our minds. We were like, holy shit, we just ran a short side option. I mean, we and we did, haven't seen it for so long. I mean, I remember seeing Carson Kaufman do it. Colin Klein back in 2011 did it a little bit more before we started going back to just the quarterback sneak. We did a little bit in 2012, but I feel like we've only seen it once or twice you know, since you know, Colin left. So that I'd w- like to see us go back to it. That would be pretty sweet to bring back the, the under center option. Yeah, under center, short side, just boom. Either fall forward or pitch it to Alex Barnes and let him swag into the end zone, probably get an excessive celebration penalty, and I'll lose my mind. <laughs> uh, so, and then the final one of our quote unquote predictions part of this, we have a whole under over segment. But C. Shindley uh, says, in your opinion, what is the game of the year for the Cats? Also, which home game will be the game of the year, i.e., best atmosphere slash closest score? Etc. I bet you that we have the same answers. Yeah, so I put the answer for me is the same for both. It's Mississippi State. If you win that game, it changes the entire season. It's truly the pendulum game. Uh, And if you lose that game, I don't think you have a good, let alone great atmosphere rest of the season. All that being said, if you can get a winning streak leading into, believe it or not, that (laughs) KU game, I actually think that if you build up, you know, something similar to what you said, if all of a sudden you're in it uh, coming into that KU game, it's not up against a holiday, so everyone's going to be there. You know, everyone's going to be happy because, you know, their KU friends are going to be around. Granted, the KU fans won't come in. But I think that has the potential to be a fun, almost celebratory atmosphere if we can have a special season going into that game. And then we'll 50-ball them. So I've got... Surprise, surprise. I have Mississippi State or Texas. I say I have Texas depending on the success of both teams at the time. If you if we say we beat Mississippi State, we're on we're both on a run, that Texas game is gonna be lit. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. If if we go into that you say you beat Mississippi State and let's dream a little bit. If you beat West Virginia, that Which we will. That almost could be on game day watch because yeah it would because they would have played USC at that point let's say we're both like five and oh we'd both be five and oh that, that would oh that it'd be, be game day that could be on game day watch so that that would be, oh man let's not let's not oh god let's pop seven the o'clock let's ABC <laughs> Kirk Herbstreit on the call okay but Ooh. at this point right now but it's Mississippi State everyone's talking about it it's been circled for a long time they're a great squad we're gonna be underdogs for sure. You got to go with Mississippi State. That's the biggest game on our schedule before any games have been played. It's Mississippi State. All right. So those are our predictions. We're going to get into our unders and overs again. I set up quite a few of these, and then we got some good ones from the Boneheads. We're going to start it off with over or under two thousand seven hundred and fifty passing yards this year. That would be a slight increase from last year. I'm saying under. I people will get mad at us because we seem to agree too much. I agree. I said under because well, I just you know I think it's I just we're it's going to be under. I try not to agree with you all the time, and it makes for a boring show sometimes. But 
I just don't think we're going to pass over that. I just don't, especially if Delton's going to be our guy. I just don't see it. That was my reasoning. I I was hoping when I set up these questions, I was hoping that you would have stayed true to color and been a Skyler guy. But I, I'm saying under. Uh, that's a slight tick down. I think we were around 2,500 yards last year. Uh, but I think we are going to just exploit the run, not only with Delton, but also with Alex Barnes. Uh, we'll get to another one over under nine and a half missed field goals and extra points this year. I have under. That seems like a lot. Well, so I thought uh, I set this number and I was like, okay, I'm probably going to say under. But then I looked last year. We missed seven kicks last year. How many of those are extra points? None. None? So I don't think we're going to miss that many extra points. But Gosh, I don't know. We might. But that, McCrane was one of the most accu- the most accurate kicker of all time. And granted, I think last year was his least accurate season. But that was seven with a Lou Groza award winning, in my opinion. He didn't actually win it, but he's my Groza. Caliber. Yeah, caliber kicker. He missed seven last year. I think that we will miss at least right, two shit. extra points, and I think that the only way this is an under is if we stop kicking. <laughs> so that, I'm going to stay optimistic, and I'll stick with an under. So you're going to go over? You think we'll yeah, miss more I'm than that? Yeah, I'm saying over. I'm saying we miss at least Gosh, a I le- hope not. We're going to miss close to one kick a game. Yeah, that's probably if, true. If we keep kicking. I, I legitimately could see a scenario in which anything – Inside the 35, I, I actually think we might be punting from inside the opponent's 35 this year. I am very, very, very bearish when it comes to the kicking game. Uh, and here, here's one. This is a fun one because the rules surrounding true freshmen have changed. So I said over under five and a half true freshmen playing this year. I want to see what you have first. I said under because I'm not convinced – Bill Snyder's actually going to go with that rule. I think there might be a couple scenarios. Let's say, uh, you know, Skyler and Alex both do get hurt. I do think we might see Holcomb if it's under that four-game threshold, but I still don't see them burning a full year of eligibility. I also have under. Sorry Jesus. to keep agreeing, guys, but... This is not good content. It's okay. It is okay. Who cares? Nobody cares. Well, it's, um, it's, it's better than listening to 8, 10, and 6, 10, and them talking about, you know, the Chiefs preseason for the 16th hour <laughs> in one day and then pretending well, five, to care about five and a half seems like pretty high, but I don't know. Maybe I just I just don't know enough true freshmen on our squads. That's probably why I picked under. Revis, maybe? That's all I can think of. <laughs> Revis, Green, maybe Holcomb, uh, you know – is no Taylor Richard, but yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I think it's going to be under. Um, here's here's one, and I'm very interested to hear what you. I don't say. even have an answer to this, so I'm gonna come up so, with it right and now. I, and I'll talk. So over under six and a half games where both Skyler and Delton play meaningful snaps at QB, and I'm defining meaningful snaps as snaps where the game is still up for grabs. I'm not talking about you know fourth quarter mop up. I'm not talking about you know we're getting blown out. Uh, I said under. I actually don't see as much. I said under, too. Okay, well, all right. I'll play devil's advocate. If we go over, I think that we might be in a little bit of trouble. I I know. That's the problem is that under, if 
if we're going over, then the script has been torn in half, torn yeah, into and, shreds, and, and we're just like panicking. And here's the thing: if I thought Skyler was going to ultimately be the guy, I would have said over because I think you find packages for Alex Delton. But with everything that's been going on, I either think that Alex Delton's going to be the guy, or he's going to be out. Uh, and so, if he's out, he's obviously not going to play. And if he's the guy, you don't do a change of pace package for your quote unquote more traditional quarterback right uh and i'm a little sad about that that's really why i wanted skyler to be the guy because i wanted to have packages here's a question for you what if i change that to three and a half then i would say over probably see that's about where i'm i'm at six and six and a half is pretty high yeah, it's got to be under six and a half. I think, I think we're I be asked the that. same question to Kellis Robinette, and he said over for what it's worth. Kellis, that guy doesn't know what much, it's though. worth. He knows a lot of stuff. <laughs> so here's the next one, and again, I'm betting we have the same answer. Over under 1,200 yards for Alex Barnes this season. Rushing yards. Rushing. You think yards. we have the same answer? I, I, I just filled this out. Over. Yeah, so do I. I think what the hell? I think he legitimately is going to average around 120 yards a game, which is going to put him over. That's going to put him closer to 14, 1500 yards. I just think with our line and his experience and the ability that we've seen when he's getting consistent All carries right. and growing in the All game. Right. Over under 1300. <laughs> Give me the over, baby. 14 under. That seems like a lot. Almost a 15 Mm. 14, I'm going under 1,400. 1,400 rushing yards. Man, if we have a 1,300-yard rushing running that's a, back, that's a, we're going to have a great season. But that's 100 yards a game if you include bowl games. When was the last time we had that? Daniel Thomas? Yeah. yeah did Hubert? Hubert maybe, but I feel like no way. I'm saying over he 1,300. Was he, Hubert was a 1,000-yard rusher. He had to have been. Maybe not, though. Maybe not. We'll have to. Klein really bared a lot of that okay. weight. Okay, Boneheads, let us know. Yeah, you're going to have to look that let up. Let us know Boneheads. Hubert's top rushing yards. Uh, and, you know, just, just tweet us. You know we love interacting with you all on social media. Here's the next one, and this is a big one for the success of our defense. Over under 29 and a half sacks. I believe last year we ended up around... 24-25 last year. So it would have to be a step up, but it was abysmal last year. Will Geary led the team as a defensive tackle with four and a half. 29 and a half? I hope I, we're going to agree here. I'm going to say over because I think we do take a defensive line step up here. We were a terror. We were pretty bad last year on the D-line. Hardly any sacks except for it seems like kind of late in the year they kind of kind of caught on, but I'll go with the over. I'll go with the over. I think we have an improvement. No, under. All I right, think, yes. So, I, I, like I said earlier, I don't think our de- there's one part of our defense that I think is going to look a little different, but I don't think it's going to be getting to the quarterback. I think that we end up getting super frustrated again. You know, I want Walker to take a step forward. I want some of these young guys on the defensive line. I would like to see some more disguises, maybe some, you know, safety blitzes, some backers. I don't Save th- us, Blake. I don't think it's going to happen. We had, in my notes, it said we had 24 and a half last year. I don't see it going that much higher. I'm going to say under. So we finally got that. So the next one is over under 12 INTs by the defense. So I went for one a game. Over under. What did we have last season? Do you have that written down? I think we were around that number last year. One a game. 
I think, that's, that's I think we were at 12 One pick year. a game seems high to me. Like, maybe it isn't. I'll go over. I'll go over. Because yeah. I, think, I think our safeties are pretty damn good, and I think we got, like, we got some talent in the slot. Not the slot, the nickel. I think Walter Neal is going to take a big step up, but Duke Shelley's Duke Shelley's going to have half of those. I, no, well, so He's that's have a, see, that's your bold p- prediction. I said all three of Kendall Adams, Duke Shelley, and uh, my guy Goolsby all are going to have four. Oh, for each or yeah, four, okay, I was like, for each. total. Sorry. We're going to have some Excuse trouble me. there. Then yeah, sorry. You know, we we're making fun of Travis last episode for the beer burps, but I know, I, I've had some burp I've, problems I've here had too. Him, all episode but yes i'm saying four for each and then we're going to get at least one or two from aj parker i think that the one thing that is going to change i think we end up leading the big 12 in interceptions this year boom i can see it you heard it here first from scott wildcat you heard it here first so now we get into the final over unders this is from our guy c underscore n-r-a-d he was the only one who did under overs and these are a lot of fun ones over under two different jackets bill snyder sports this year Ooh. under so for me this is all about how you define jacket if it is a super <laughs> cold game are you calling that a jacket or a coat no no that doesn't seem fair because no i'm calling that a i'm calling that a coat okay what about a rain pullover rain thing yeah ooh i don't know I don't know, because, you know, Bill likes to stay loyal to one style. Yeah, so this is what I was going to say. If you don't count rain or if you don't count weather, cold weather, then I'm going to say push because... Well, if, I well, didn't know we could do a push because that's an obvious push right there. Well, I was going to say it's going to be the same style, but, you know, I think you have to call it a different jacket because at, different, at one point in the season, there's some sort of coach's patch that they wear every year that's like a weird like green and white color. To be honest with you, I'm not even sure what it is, but it's always on the side arm of jackets and polos for like a month in the season. And I'm calling that a different jacket. So I guess we... Man... I guess if we consider all of the, all of the. Uh, if we're saying just outerwear, then I'm gonna say we over. We gotta say but, over there then. But I still think it, for the most part, it's going to be the white jacket with the gray sleeves. Yeah. Uh, but that, I I miss when he wore the old bowl jackets. But then yeah, the yeah. Big Twelve started getting pissed off at him and uh, bureaucracy. I tell you what. Uh, so, a couple more here. A couple more. The next one, and this is a big one for the success of the season. Over under plus eleven and a half turnover margin for the Wildcats. If this is a bad line, where would you set it? This is what I said. I say we're going to hold on to the ball and turn other folks over more, and it's going to be over. And I think that was a good line because we were at plus ten last year. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good. Mar- I think that's a fair margin. Um, and looking at last year, yeah, we were plus ten, and there were only what. Eight, eight, not eight to ten or so teams ahead of us with that mar- with a better margin. There was a bunch of teams. There was about five or six teams that had ten. I'm gonna we were ready for this. With. Lead the Big Twelve in turnover margin, top five nationally. That would be. If I think that that would we would and with have the, with my that would that would lead to my prediction of yeah, our record. I've said all this stuff and it contradicts <laughs> yeah, me yeah. saying seven and five. So the only team that was ahead of us in the Big Twelve last year in turnover margin was Texas Tech. Oddly. That's weird. But, you know, we were top 15, and there was a bunch of teams that had 10 or plus 10 or whatever. 
So I think that I think we're going to go over eleven and a half. That's a good margin. All right, and then the final over under over under five penalties a game for K State this year. I'm going to go under because I would like to. I would say you know what is the typical penalties that are well, going to hold you back? Probably holding or false start from the line, and I think. I'm going to give the edge to our line with their experience. So I'm going to say we're going to go under five. We were at 5.1 last year. we got to be the under then. No, I'm saying over. Saying over. <laughs> I, th- I think so. If you guys are picking up what I've been saying, I think the defense is going to look a lot of the same. But I think once the ball is in the air, I think at that point we're going to be more aggressive, which is going to lead to a bunch of infuriating defensive pass interference calls. I'm saying over five. I'm going to go with the under. All right, That's going to wrap up the show, basically. Yeah, that wraps it up. Uh, Folks, we have made it. This was our last true off-season pod. The next time you hear from us is going to be the preview episode for South Dakota. To be honest with you, we don't even know what that's going to look like yet. Yeah, I have no idea. This has been fun, though. Um, Thanks for bearing with some of our super long episodes, but it's like, you know what? It's the off-season. We're going to do whatever we want. And if you guys... Thanks for listening because you've been great, and we've gotten a lot of great feedback, and we've had a pretty big spike in listeners recently, so keep it going. I almost said, <laughs> I'm just going to say it, I almost said tell your friends and I, without realizing that that was like KSO slogan, but... No, but, but you can still tell You can still tell your friends about yeah. KSO and about the Boston And about sports. us. Uh, here, well, I, I didn't tell Grant this, but I'll throw it in there. If you, this kind of goes <laughs> back to our giveaway podcast. If you can show me proof that you told at least five of your friends, send us screenshots, send us DMs, send us emails. If you can show me proof that you have told five of your friends and you can prove that they aren't currently listeners, you might get a koozie. You will get a koozie. Also, well, we're, we're screwing around with some like new fun designs. You might see one out there soon. It's personally made for a specific listener, but... We're, we want to see some, some feedback, too. More feedback on, like, what do you guys want? For yeah. Well, I mean, because we, we sold out of the tanks. We have put a pretty good dent in the koozies. That's why I'm not, I'm not committing to giving away a koozie to everyone who can prove five. Let's say this. Anyone who, who can prove that they told at least five friends will put you in a drawing, and we will give 25% of you. So it will be a drawing. So say, you know, four people did it. One person's going to get a koozie, so on, so forth. We're not a math podcast. We're not going to walk it all, all the way up. But show us that you send it to five folks. We'll put you in a drawing for another koozie. And I must say, a pretty sincere thank you note from yours truly. Yeah, Scott's really good at sending cards in the mail. Yeah. Which yeah. I've found out. I've gotten two from him, and I'm the Whew. co-host, which is Whew. really wild. But, uh, hey, if you like our design, if you like our logo, which I love it, shout out to Colton Strathman. He's designing them, and he's getting pretty creative with some new stuff that we're going to have, like, more merchandise if you guys want it. So just let us know. We'll yeah, put I'll, it on whatever you guys want. Also let us know what you want to see. I'm personally hoping for a long-sleeve lavender uh, shirt. Hopefully we'll be able to make that happen. If you guys are all about the color lavender let me know. We have some special requests for purple. We're trying to redo our logo to make it look a little bit better on darker shirts. Uh, there's been some people want white and black. I don't. Eh, I don't know. Hey, if you want a white or black shirt, we can do that anytime. You just gotta, you just gotta fork the cash over, and we yeah. can really do whatever you want. So, but we appreciate you guys. The season is finally here. 
Um, this is the this is the last episode of the of the off season, and it's our first off season. We've only been doing this for like four months, and it's been great. Really appreciate it. Love you guys so much. Unconditional. Meet me at the Cathead. As usual, thanks for listening. Before we sign off for good, we want to give a shout out to very strong and a very handsome man. A man that looks particularly good in a lavender tank top. That man is loyal bonehead Steve Keck, which is at SL Keck on Twitter. Steve has a band called Betty the Astronaut, an acoustic punk duo band based out of Manhattan that's been around for about a year. Their debut album, Woof, can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. The next show is on September 27th at the Bluemont Hotel, which is about a month away from today, which gives you plenty of time to memorize their album and become a diehard fan. Be sure to buy up all their tickets. Go give them your support. Um, We hope you enjoyed the show today. It's game week, baby. Thanks for listening. Here is Betty the Astronaut. I said yes, and 
Network.